0: Are you from the state of Michigan or have you heard of the state of Michigan? Here at Michigan Other Mayhem, two non-professional researchers will intrigue you with interesting stories about Michigan, murder mysteries, odd facts, and other mayhem from around the world. Two sisters-in-law will keep you sisters-in-law. Yeah, anyway, we'll keep you guessing about what our next subject will be as we discuss true crime, paranormal, historical, and scientific to- topics. Our weekly podcast will keep you entertained and possibly titillated. Okay, now, we both have murder. So, Jen, can I go first? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Also, uh, this is one I've had. I do have a murder one. I know I'm trying to back away from murder. I do have a couple murders. Um, but this one I found really interesting, and at the end, it's going to, I, I want to talk about another article I want to do that is inspired by this one. Okay, go. For it? Okay, so this is about Kevin. He goes by the name Kip, and his Middle name is Lloyd and his last name is Arts. Arts. Now, a million, trillion times, I spelled it Arts. A R N T Z. And I had to fix it every time. But in 1999, Kevin Kip Arts, A R T Z, was 43 years old and he was the owner of Kip's Pizza and Taco Restaurant. That is like two good combinations. I like think that. so too. Like, I eat. Pizza. Like, I would order a pizza and a taco. I would, absolutely. When they combined the Taco Bell KFC, I'll eat a biscuit and a taco. I'm not scared. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'll do that. Well, he lived in the apartment that's attached to the restaurant with his wife of 12 years, Patricia Arts. And Patricia was 46 years old and she assisted her husband at their business. So the restaurant has a little apartment. That's where they live. So Kip had had brain surgery to remove a blood clot June 29, 1999. And he was recovering at home. And their business had been closed for a few days, you know, because they're a little bit hurt, when Patricia's family became worried that she hadn't responded to any texts or calls. And they went to the couple's home, her family did, the home and business, and began knocking on doors and windows to get their attention. And they're doing that shit, like what I refer to as cop knocking. (laughs) You're like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So at one point, Kip came out to ask them, what are they doing? Because they've been out there for quite some time, at one point, like an hour. And... They asked about where Patricia is, and Kip told them that she had taken their car to go visiting. And immediately, Patricia's family knows that's a lie, because she sold the fucking car a few days earlier. They're like, "How do they know that?" Because she had told them, "I sold the car and had I needed a ride from one of her sisters." She's oh, like, okay. "I sold the car," so Patricia had not been seen nor heard of since July thirteenth, right? Mm-hmm. July fifteenth. Deputy Wayne Bassard responded to a 911 call at the structure at the restaurant slash apartment apartment place. Patricia's family's back, right? And they believe that something's wrong. And they're that's it. We're bringing the authorities. So Arts reluctantly lets the deputy inside the restaurant to take a look around. And Bassard is looking around, and he says to Kip, "Look, uh, I'm gonna come back later because he sees some things he's like not sure of, right?" So thinking something's off at the restaurant, Deputy Bessard contacts his supervisor, Detective Thomas Fierro. And together they return to the business slash home, but ahead of schedule. Like he's like, yeah, I'll come back and see you in like a couple days. And then shows up that night. So the two men saw Kip with a white box. As they pull up, they see him with this white box. And he walks around the corner of the building. And when he walks back, he's empty handed. They're like, oh. So they go to look around for the box and it's sitting on the neighbor's porch and they open it up and inside it is Patricia's shard, shard, charred, severed head and some of her other bones. You put her head on the neighbor's fucking porch. That's the one part I can't oh, get. One and why? why? Yeah. You murdered so you your wife. You're trying to get away with murder and then you put the head on the neighbor's porch. Maybe he's just trying to frame them. Maybe. Okay, I didn't think of that. It um, was later determined that Kip had struck Patricia with a metal pipe while in their apartment, killing her. Kip then placed her body on a sleeping bag and dragged her into the restaurant, where Kip then dismembered Patricia's body. He baked it, broiled it, and boiled various parts. All right. So Kip told his lawyers that when he looked at Patricia, he saw Satan. No, I get that. There's a couple times I look at people and I think you might be saying... He did have brain surgery. Hold on. I will get into all of that, too. So Dr. Edward Cook testified that Kip was mentally ill before his brain surgery. And after surgery, he wasn't aware of the wrongfulness of his actions due to the physical damage. I just feel like, you know,
1: if you tried to
0: remove it.
1: I mean, look at the one guy for the Kevin Bacon story. Yeah, the dude had him hanging. Yes, he obviously seen nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He removes her and puts it on his neighbor's
0: porch. Well, he and he's also cooking wrong. her, boiling her, broiling her. Well,
1: maybe he didn't know at that point.
0: Okay, you okay. know, maybe okay. he, I'm okay. just saying. Okay. May, I'll listen, I'll but listen. yes,
1: <laughs> but you, <are> you, <laughs> yeah. okay. So you're cooking it to feed it to people.
0: No, he's cooking it because I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm gonna get there in just a little bit. The prosecution asserted that a, the portion of Kip's brain that suffered the physical damage is the portion that controls speech, not behavior. So, like, whatever. And the medication that he was taking for mental illness was for depression and, and anxiety. So, not like this, not hallucinous, you know, no schizophrenia, no hallucinations. It's depression and anxiety. And another physician testified that the black blood clot was actually superficial it was a very small blood clot and the jury dismissed the claim that he was mentally ill after reviewing all the information they're like okay he's not i mean he might have depression and anxiety but he's not mentally ill so when kip had moved patricia's body from the apartment to the restaurant he tried to cover up the blood evidence which is further indications i think you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. is wrong right when you try to hide it yep you're
1: cleaning it up Yep.
0: so he washed the carpet and the cushions of the couch Kip arranged the furniture to hide blood stains in the carpet that couldn't be removed, but in my head, I just see, like, weirdly placed shit, like, don't find yeah, that right? couch in the middle of the room. Yeah. Placed at Hawkeye. a weird angle yeah. with its back to the TV. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Luminol showed that the blood stains were largest by the couch, and Patricia's DNA was found throughout the apartment, restaurant, and under Kip's fingernails. Okay, so at first I was like, of course she lived in the apartment. Yeah. Of course it, uh, she worked in the restaurant. Yeah. Of course. They're like, under his fingernails. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> it's been days since Could she been since they killed her. So you he must still be in the, you know, in the DNA. Yeah. yeah. So the arts marriage was known to have issues. In 1992, Patricia consulted a divorce lawyer telling him that Kip was physically and emotionally abusive. In 1997, Patricia told a friend that Kip had tried to suffocate her with a pillowcase at that point, bitch, run. Yeah. Bitch, run. He tried to suffocate you yeah, with a pillowcase right? and didn't because he didn't have the strength. <laughs> right? So Patricia had issues with Kip's alcohol and marijuana use. and She was particularly concerned about his marijuana use after his brain surgery. So apparently Kip smoked a joint the moment he came home from the hospital. Came home from the hospital, yeah, immediately up. lit up and like, let's relax, right? So Kip believed that his brain bleed was because Patricia had, had killed him with this bug-killing spray earlier in the month. Okay. Yeah, they were fighting. She was like, and he's like, ah. (laughs) so David Whiting had taken the stand to say that a year previous, Kip had told them that he wanted Patricia to, quote, come up missing. Hmm. Kip then asked if he knew anyone who could do it. That's in a quote, the do it part. Also in 1998, Kip asked Patricia's nephew, if he ever hated his wife so much that he could kill her or have her killed. Mm. Yes. A decade previous to that, Kip claimed that he would, pre- here it is, commit the perfect murder by cutting the person up and then cooking the meat so it wouldn't stink of rot and then throwing that into the dumpster. Wow. So cook so the meat. Thought so thought about uh-huh. it. He was thinking. Yeah, he's not going to feed it to you. He's disposing it. Thankfully, he has a restaurant that has a lot of ways that you can cook a body. So Kip Arts was found guilty of homicide, open murder, and was sentenced to life in prison March 15, 2001. He has appealed the verdict several times, with the last one being denied January of 2019. So in January 2019, he testified that he killed his wife during a marijuana-induced psychosis. He said he smoked so much weed it made him crazy. And Kip felt that it bolstered his insanity defense in the court of uh, appeals denied. Um, yeah, yeah. He's currently being held at Je- Gus Harrison Correctional Facility in Adrian, Michigan, and that's why I just recently, before we before we recorded this, I was like, watch this Reefer Madness commercial with me. <laughs> right? In 1936, it said, "You will kill somebody. You will kill yourself. You you know you will. White girls will have sex with black men. Is one of the things they're saying. Marijuana will make you do. Yeah." It will make you into a juvenile delinquent. You probably would have
1: got... It's called the devil's lettuce. He could have got approved probably back then.
0: And now part of me wants to do Reefer Madness. No, if you could... Yeah, in 1936, yeah, I'm like, if you could die from too much weed smoke, I would be gone. Somewhere around 97. (laughs) I wouldn't have made it out of the 90s, let's just say that. Faux show.
1: Yeah. So
0: tell me your story.
1: Mine is the murder of Wanda Mae Lyons... Of Traverse City. Uh oh.
0: On December. Wait, did you know? I think I never told you. One time, I think I cockteased you with it, but didn't tell you that something like fourteen percent of millennial millionaires live in Traverse City. Really? I didn't. Ha- know will that. have a house in Traverse City. I don't know if they're there all year. Really? Yeah. Hmm. More millennial millionaires are in Traverse City than any other city. Oh, I wonder why. Um, I'm you at big ass houses. Wine. Big ass houses on the lake, drinking wine, beers. Yep.
1: On December 11th, 2019, a driver in the Maple City area, which I believe is just a little bit north of Travis Okay, I'm like, what? There's
0: like, there's a a Maple City is a real city? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Sorry, Michigan.
1: Noticed bloody drag marks in the snow and called police thinking someone had dumped a dead deer. When the police arrived, they found over a hill the body of a woman they believed was in her late 50s to early 70s
0: oh shit yep. she's a little older than
1: yep on december 13th 2019 the woman was identified as wanda Mae lyons age 62 from traverse city the woman and her husband were from the chicago area and had just moved to traverse city a few months prior her husband had reported her to the police as missing when she didn't come home one night Wait. So they had, like, a little
0: fight. Uh-huh.
1: He left, came back. Uh-huh. She never
0: came back. See, didn't we already learn from previous episodes when they fight and then usually, like, someone goes to cool down, that means they're dead or killing someone? Could be. Okay, I'm blaming the husband. Yep, I don't. Mean... you're already
1: blaming the husband. Yeah, I'm
0: blaming the husband. Y'all
1: yeah, will take a short thing. It was yeah. funny. Yeah. I was talking to my boyfriend. Uh I've been watching true crime over there. Okay. So I'm always like trying to get on the ID channel. And he messaged me the other day. And he goes, you know, I've been watching these true crime things. You got me hooked. And he was like, and I realize now if you come up missing, I'm in trouble. And I said, yes, you you are.
0: are. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. You better hope you have some type of (laughs) alibi, Jessica, she's coming for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So police... Did say they had a possible suspect at the time. Not her husband. What? Who they actually, this possible subject suspect, they actually had them in custody for other charges.
0: No shit. Yep.
1: Um, so Wanda suffered from blood force trauma, stabbing, fractures to the neck, strangulation with smothering.
0: Okay, that sounds like someone who really hates somebody. Though. Yeah,
1: you would think you would, yeah. and you
0: Because he broke that. her neck, beat the shit out of her, suffocated her. That's mm-hmm. usually like a crime of passion. Yeah.
1: Wanda and her husband lived in a motel in Traverse City called the Terrace Beach Motel.
0: Oh my gosh, I've been by that. Really? Yeah, it's actually kind
1: of cute. And, be- and the police believe the murder started there, but wouldn't comment further. The police eventually charged a man, Frank Supal, S-U-P-A-L, age 50, with the open murder for the death of Wanda. Wow. Did Wanda know her killer?
0: What are the motives? Yeah, like how did she get in the fucking hotel? She lived at the hotel. So
1: this is how how they got to Traverse City. I didn't know that. Yeah, talk to me. So they're from, both of them are from Chicago. Okay. And they moved to Traverse City for whatever reason. I don't know. Yes, say hi. Yeah, okay. And they had been there for a few months. Okay. So I think maybe, okay, we moved to Traverse City and we don't have a place to live yet or something. Some mm. Something. So they're living in this motel. Okay. But what are the motives? Who knows? Yeah. And there's nothing more right now. I couldn't find anything more on it. Okay. It actually was hard to find an article that told me who she was
0: really yeah six articles later somebody said her name oh no shit yeah well that reminds me you know um i said in our last episode that my cousin brandy's um friend tammy which she was a super cool person was hit by a car and killed the facebook article that brandy had posted said unknown woman struck by car you know dead at the scene mm-hmm. and my cousin brandy said this is tammy now i knew it was tammy for a full day before i saw the next article that came out they said you know, what they do with the additions and updates where they mentioned that it was Tammy. Yeah. So, but yeah, my cousin Brandy on Facebook knew it was Tammy before. I think it was because Tammy might've been, I think she was by work and Brandy's still close to some of her coworkers. Yeah. At her previous place of employment. But yeah, it was really hard just to find Tammy's name. Right. Yeah. All right. Bye. Contact us at anchor or Michigan other mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook. To join the conversation, listen to the podcast, or correct us when necessary, rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.